vibes and libido we are your hosts trip and kiki the podcast where truth seekers help you find your truth join us as we delve into all the things you lust the lies that we tell ourselves and why our libido drives us to distraction this is adult only content so no kitties under 18 please our dialogue is open honest and raw but most of all we're here to have fun Welcome to our podcast, Lust, Lies, and Libido. All right, listen, um, welcome to another episode of Lust, Lies, and Libido. I'm your host, Trip, with my co-host, Kiki, what's up, everybody? This your girl, Kiki. Welcome to another episode. Got a good one for you today, folks. Yes, um, we have an episode today where we're going to go ahead and discuss Tantra. We have a great guest that we're going to go ahead and introduce everybody to. Her name is Amina. She's pretty awesome. She's out of the ATL area. And she's going to talk to us about Tantra, how she got into the industry, um, and answer some of our questions because we're we're newbies to the whole tantric lifestyle. Um, right, right. So, <laughs> <Do that. laughs> yeah, you know, so, um, you know, it was a pretty cool, um, opportunity to talk to her. So we want to share this with you guys. We, um, hope you have questions because I know we have many more questions that we didn't even get a chance to touch on. Um, right. Yeah. We'll bring it back and, um, you're, you're feel, you know, feel free. I can't even talk. Feel free to email us and hit us up with any questions that you may have that we didn't get a chance to answer. Oh, that get a chance to ask her. Ooh, I'm talking right. And <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so um He but, just excited, that's all. I know. I'm excited for you guys to hear um what she has to say. I'm excited to hear her experiences. And I I say that because I know there's gonna be a lot of people that can resonate with her her story. So, you know, and then she's out of the ATL area as well. So we'll make sure to put it in the show notes. Any way you can get in contact with her. If you want to get um, to some of her classes, she has a lot of classes going on. Um, and just, if you want to reach her and, and pick her brain. So support the sister. She's doing some phenomenal things for the community. Yes. Yes. So, um, so just wanted to give you kind of a quick intro um, into the episode, let you know what's going on, and um, you know, and we'll jump right into it. Sounds good. Let's do it. Let's do it. The opposite felt like. See? That is good, good either. Yeah. Well, uh, hi, Amina. I'm Kiki. Um, are we calling you Amina on the show? Yes. Okay. Yeah, everybody, my mama called me a man, y'all call me a man. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, some people have like, you know, their pseudonyms and they don't necessarily want their name out there. So we, we have to check. Yeah, but that's why they SEO optimization ain't like mine is. Okay. Get them with it. Burn. <laughs> my LinkedIn profile has been up and live for over, since LinkedIn started. I didn't change anything. I added a box. Wow. That's this, is, this is my profession. Um, yeah, so. How long have you been doing, um, been teaching Tantra? 
Um, been teaching for about five years, been practicing for about 13. Oh, wow. Um, so I started my massage practice, like regular massage therapy. Um, I guess, where were we at, 2018? So 15 years ago. And um, in 2005, we moved to Hawaii and started learning Tantra and incorporating that into my work, into my touch. So um, I didn't want, I was, I had started doing some other work and I was trying to, trying to make it feel better for me. And so I learned about Tantra and started adding that into to my practice and to what I was doing. Right. And then, um, and always, always having a full time, like, I mean, I'm a career woman, so, you know, I'm a veteran. I have always had a full time job. This was always something that I did. You know, I'm a Caribbean woman, so we hustle. We have, it's not a myth. We have several jobs. And so I always, <laughs> had this as another as an alternative you know um alternative job on the side a side hustle okay. and um when i my mother is here in georgia and she had been having she had been sick she had come to live with me in hawaii and then she had gotten sick again here she had had a couple heart attacks came to live with me in hawaii got back here had a couple more and, oh wow yeah and they're really pretty you know the doctors will tell you when you're on the phone like it's like you got 10 minutes to get to the hospital and say your goodbyes so she's alive and kicking now honoring as they can be but that's my mom i love her um but at the time it was really frightening for me and i'm you know so far away and um the last time i had to get a ticket home not home because i had never lived here i had to get a ticket here um it was December 23rd of 2015. And let me tell y'all how much an emergency ticket cost the day before Christmas Eve. <laughs> I can't <laughs> even imagine. Look, from Hawaii to Georgia on a regular yeah. 800. That's a regular Tuesday. $800. So they, they raped me. Remember that Ice Cube song? With no Vaseline? <laughs> <laughs> That's, what it, That's what it was. It was no Vaseline. And wow. um, and I got I got here and I saw her in the hospital hooked up on tubes and I said, All right, just we can't we, we it's time to get off the beach. And um and after that I made a decision to try and get closer to her. Now my original plan was to keep a home in Hawaii and and figure it out, but that that dissipated quickly. I fell in love with Atlanta. And here I be. Okay. Um, practice opened up my practice here and it did well enough for me to consider staying because I was thinking maybe I should live in the Caribbean part time and bounce back and forth and um and I got here and started my practice and it just it took off. Business was doing well. Wow. Yeah, so I just I've been here ever since and I've been I've been digging it and enjoying myself and um and yeah, here I am in Atlanta, having a good time. So how how was it going about opening and opening your practice? And I used to be a therapist too, a, a massage therapist. I do miss it a lot. It's very labor intensive, but it was good work, good work. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but how did you start your practice? Like what, you know, I don't know. I just, yeah. How did you, I don't know really any other way to say it. How did you start your practice? Like here or in general? There, there. Okay. So when I moved to Hawaii, also, I guess I should add that I moved to Hawaii on a whim and a prayer. I I didn't, I, I, you know, when you young, you just be doing shit. So that's dope as fuck. Right. You know, we just be like, yeah, let's, this I'm sounds like a nice place to live. I'm out. Right. Yeah. It was cold. It was real cold in Chicago, which is where I'm from originally. I was freezing. And I, got, I got tired of being cold. And I was training for the Honolulu Marathon. I was training to run my first marathon. And the whole thing came about because um, I had lost a friend to AIDS. And um, I decided I was going to run a marathon in his honor. And also because I'm... Um, because I'm cheap, I found out that if I ran a marathon and asked my friends to raise money for the AIDS Foundation, that they would pay for my trip to Hawaii for me to run the marathon. All I got to do is get enough friends to donate, raise $3,000. And I said, well, I can, I can get that. So really, when I say it was a whim, like I really, for real, just like, that's what happened. And I had tore my, had a slight tear in my Achilles, and I was like, I'm still gonna run this race. Oh, I've been training. You tore your Achilles and still ran a marathon? Look, because when you're young, I'm telling you, dumb as shit. And um, it was a wow. slight tear, it was just a minor tear, right? But right. when it happened, it happened in week 18. So when you train for a marathon, you train for about 20 weeks. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was week 18. <laughs> that my Achilles kind of tore. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not a big fan of children, but that, that tear definitely made seal the deal because it was a little kid that was on the trail. She had darted out in front of me, and I kind of went right when I should have went left. And it just had sprained my thing. And I was, I was mad at children for about 10 years. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I love it. Like, all of them. No child could. No child was left behind in my anger. Right, um, right. And but I um I still went, I, I rested on ice, I didn't do anything. I, I it was ridiculous. It was it, a blizzard came to Chicago and I I mean I live in the heart of the city. I caught the train to work every day. I remember hobbling up the stairs to get to the L and just thinking in two weeks I'm being Hawaii. And when I landed in Hawaii, I called my mom, I said, Mom moving. And she said, "Well, where where are you?" I said, "I'm at the I'm at the airport still. My ride hasn't gotten here, but I'm I'm letting you know right now. I'm I I'm coming. Back. I ain't coming. It's the kids. I ain't coming home. Um, <laughs> it's like that. So, um, what's that? What movie is that? Uh, um, Rage in Harlem with Sunshine. Yeah, yeah. Put your mother on the phone. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was Harlem Nights. Nice. Harlem Nights. Nice. Harlem Nights. Nice. Yeah. Harlem Nights. Um, yeah. So I went to I went through that. I came home, quit my job while I was in Hawaii. I was working as a fundraiser for the National Association of Women Lawyers. My background is in fundraising and, and event planning for nonprofits. I quit my job while I was there, and um, I knew I had my massage that I could do and hustle because I had been hustling. This was before the Craigslist killer, so I was all over Craigslist in Chicago. I figured I could be all over Craigslist anywhere. Right. And um and I moved to Hawaii 
find a roommate on Craigslist. This is back when Craigslist was for everything. Right. Yeah, Craigslist was popping back in the day. It, it sure was, was popping. It was popping. I got everything I needed when I was up. Got my house, <laughs> got my bed, got my car. You can finish your whole damn apartment. My whole, my whole life got, yeah, yeah. If it wasn't for Craigslist, I don't even know how I would have did it. <laughs> so I moved there and put up a couple ads saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm working just as a massage therapist, but I was doing happy endings by then. Um, and so, so yeah, I um, had that practice going, would go out to folks' houses. And Hawaii, the crime rate is non-existent too. So it really makes you feel oh, good. How? Wow. I think I think last year we had two murders in the whole state. Wow. Yo, it's just it's just so that's that's funny you say that because we were watching like Hawaii Five O, and I was like, man, people don't be dying like like that in Miami. I mean, no. Hawaii. No, <laughs> we would have a, it would be a we don't I didn't know people know how to do, how to handle it. People get hit by cars a lot. The number one way to die is as a pedestrian. Mm. Um. You know, that's that's it. You know, if the only thing, if you leave your, if you leave anything on the seat of your car, you've given it away. Oh, just, go, just go it's ahead not, and part ways with that mentally. It's not um, going to be there when you get back. It's not going to be there when you get back. Um, <laughs> so there's stuff like that. But I'm okay with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, as far as, like, them cutting up a massage therapist and leaving her in the in the streets, that don't happen. Right. So there's no, there's no, there was no worry of, of that kind of stuff happening from, you know, this girl from the city who's like, oh, I'm looking, like I come home and I remember I would come home and visit and watch the news in, in Chicago or come see family here in Atlanta. Maybe, maybe getting chopped up in Chicago. I mean, I can't even, even still to this day, I cannot watch the news here in Atlanta. Yeah. It's just like I never, it's death and destruction, death and destruction. Yeah, I, don't okay. destruction. I don't watch the news at all. At all. I'm like, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't even have a TV, but I probably, I can't even hear the news. It's crazy. In Hawaii, it's like um, surf report, um, the weather, <laughs> the the weather, which is always the same. Right. High of eighty, high of eighty two, low of seventy eight. The only thing you're checking <laughs> to see is if the trade winds have changed. You know what I mean? Like, wow. uh, it's just a whole different world. It's never, it's different, never different way of living. Right. And so when I started studying tantra. And learning about Tantra, it wasn't no thing but to put an ad up and say, well, this is an option too. Um, and then I, you know, I started going to workshops and classes. There's a big Tantra community there. So I would drop in and sit in the back and learn because I was on the black person. Um, and even, even at the, like, it doesn't matter where you go. I've been in Oakland and going to Tantra events and I still was the only black person. And see, that's funny you say that because... And I was telling Kiki, like, I wanted to, I've been wanting to talk to somebody, a person of color that's in Tantra for a minute. Because mm -hmm. um, I've been wanting to talk to somebody who's in Tantra, and I wanted, been, right. uh, wanted to talk to a person of color that was a yogi. Um, mm -hmm. And it's hard to you find. You got both. You got both right here. Oh, see, we need to link up. I'm dead serious. We need to link up. I'm a, we'll talk after all of this. But because um, I've been wanting to figure out how to do some events here in, in the Carolinas. Um, cause it's hard enough just to find one or the other here and then right. to find both. Yeah. It's well, I'm coming to Charlotte soon. I have an event planned in January in Charlotte. Um, I don't know okay. which, which Carolinas you speak of. I'm in but, Charlotte. Oh, okay. So yeah, well, 
but we will connect then. So yeah, that's we'll definitely connect. Um, yeah. Sorry, so, me to derail. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. It's all good. So, um, but yeah, I was always the darkest, and also always the youngest person in the room. Mm-hmm. And mm. just just for perspective, I'll be forty two in like two months. Like I'm not that Shut young. The fuck up. Yes. No, you're still a baby. You're still a baby. (laughs) But I'm not that young. So when I'm walking into these rooms and I got, you know, the next person closest to my age got me by 20 years. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're, it's not, and it's, it's, it's sad. Like now, okay, now that I'm in my 40s, there's definitely more folks in their 40s, but I was like 29 going to these events, 28 going to these events. And there was no one in their 20s. No (laughs) one, no one, no one. Um, There was no one Black. There were some people that would qualify as Black today. (laughs) Today? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, You know, like, they got a a half-Black mother. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or a half-Black father. But back in the day, that didn't qualify you as Black. Gotcha. Um, and and most people weren't even claiming black. Now, but now it's I feel like it's a thing that people like I identify as black. But back it's then, a it's a thing. It's a but thing. But back then, you definitely didn't identify. You hope nobody asked how you got that nap. How would your hair get so curly? You were hoping that question didn't come up in the group. Right. So I was I was in groups like that, you know, and um and it was uncomfortable. It wow. was uncomfortable because um. You know, things would happen like there were water things that would happen, and I didn't want my hair wet. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Little shit, though, like that, that would deter a sister from ever showing up. Wow. Wow. That's deep. I mean, and it's so funny because, you know, I'm really big on the whole natural hair movement. I love it. I love to see all these sisters embracing their, their natural hair. Um, but it's crazy, you know, you've been doing this for a minute, so you got to flash back and it wasn't always the embrace of the natural. So I, I know I can only imagine that struggle. You know what I mean? Right. Um, especially being when you're saying you're the only person of color. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you got to answer all those questions because people going to have questions. They're going right. to. Exactly. I'm, I'm now the ambassador, ambassador of blackness. Yes, yes. You speak for everyone. Right. <laughs> That's cool. That's real cool. And so for me, that was always something that I just, honestly, what, what ended up happening with me is that I just started, um, in my mind, I, I, I was so socialized, basically, to believe that this was something that Black folks weren't into. Mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't in the mindset that it wasn't being made available to them because in my mind, you know, when I I left Hawaii for a year and went to work at um in Berkeley and I was living in Oakland at the time and and, and here I was in the epicenter of blackness, right? The other chocolate city. Right. And um and I would go to events and it'd be the same shit. So I'm like, "What? Well, y'all can't say y'all don't have access cuz here I am in <laughs> Oakland." And and there's no there's no um black people at this one either. There's so no I mean, black people. Go ahead. So so what do you think it was? I mean, if it wasn't, I mean, because we have access, 
But I mean, cultural competency. Hmm. See, if you're not speaking to me, if you're not speaking to me, and I know you're not speaking to me, I ain't listening. Right. right. You know what I mean? And and for us, it, you know, there's a reason why Sprite, you know, was successful in the black community. They went and got some brothers and sisters to sit on the campaign before they wrote first things first and Mayo Thirst. Right. That that there's a lot to be said about the way in which things are marketed to folks of right. color. Right. And, and then, so for me to walk into a room, like, I was homeschooled. I lived in a very uppity ass part of Chicago before I got, before I, you know, I went to college, got married, moved to the city, city, the heart of the city. Before all that, oh, we were in, we, we were surrounded by white people. So I was used to being the only black person in the room. That's not the case for most black people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so, not at all. My experience, right, especially in the South. And mind you, I've never, this is my first time truly living in the South. I've been down here because I came down here for boot camp. Um, But like, I like, no, my my experience outside of my family and my family black as hell. And, you know, right, black, I mean, blackity black, we blackity black, y'all. So. Um, but outside of that experience, right? Outside of my family, when I go when I go to work, all my jobs have been like this. I've never worked at a company that had a whole bunch of black people. Um, mm-hmm. Even my unit that I was in in the military, I was a ling- you know, in a in a special forces division with with a bunch of linguists and and everybody. No, there weren't a lot of black people that were learning foreign foreign languages in the military. So even in my military experience, like I've never, I've always been, it was easy for me is all I'm saying. It was easy for me to, easier for me to go in and yeah. while, while, while irritated, not feel totally out of place, not feel. It was easy for you to adapt and adjust to different cultures and, and, and scenes. Basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, but that's not going to be the case from somebody like I live in TI's Bankhead now, right? That's not going to be the case for somebody over here that, who's grown up in the South, who's grown up, you know, um, on the South side of Chicago, who's grown up, you know, in, in Hollywood Park in Miami, always around people of color, uh, speaks, does, can't code switch, hasn't really tried, doesn't care to. Um, and then to go into a place where everybody's white, they, they, the, there's raisins in the potato salad, you don't know how much cat hairs in a goddamn she said there's raisins and pota- potato <laughs> yeah, wait, salad. Wait a minute. Some <laughs> fire. But these are things that like people, you know, people of color are gonna walk in and be like, mm, yeah, I eating it. I don't know. Nothing here, nothing here looks like I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. Nothing here is inviting to me. I don't even think you all fuck like I do. So what are you gonna tell me about sex? Right. And that's the funny thing, because uh, we just had a, a company potluck for um, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I, ain't, I ain't fucking with that. <laughs> One of my coworkers like, you bringing something? Nah, bro. <laughs> nah. <laughs> right. No, I'm not I eat none you. of that. Right. <laughs> Look, I may have, I may have lived around all kind of communities, but I don't go to nobody potluck either. <laughs> like yeah. I said, my family's still blackity black. So. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, I've, I've, I'm, I can understand. I haven't lived in a whole ton of places, but I've, you know, my upbringing, my background, um, is very 
so I, I can adapt and I can adjust and I can code switch and all that stuff real easy. Um, yet there's still some things. It's just like culturally, I'm not doing. You know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know you people. I don't right. know if y'all got cats and dogs and the dogs on the counter. If they on the counter, then you know, and you prepping food, then I don't know. Right. They sticking their paws and shit inside helping you cook and shit. I'm good. Right. I'm good. You no, know, you cooking and they licking you in the face and it. No, bro. Mm-mm. Yeah, and so it's like things like that where you don't, you know, we it's it we can joke about them, but they're very real things. There's very real little things that we're like, um, and it's it's not just us; it's them too. Because I've had, you know, I know I have friends that have been the only white person at a black party, and I understand their their situation too. Right. Um, and 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 ain't neither one of the groups gonna be trying to make that one person feel extra accommodated. Um, and you know, it's like, get in where you fit in, but, um, but there's no place, you know, it's, 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 it's the historical context and everything else is, there's not really a place for us to get in where we fit in. And so that, that is challenging. That's hard. Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. No. So that, anyway, I just say all that to say that coming here to Atlanta made me realize that it wasn't, it, it wasn't about. Um, it's, it being something that black folks weren't into. It was about being something that black folks didn't have access to. And by access, yeah, by access, I mean like full access. Like I feel comfortable here. Yeah. So what, what drew you to the tantric sex in the first place? What made you even want to explore it? Because like um, I've heard of it and I don't really know a lot about it. And, you know, I'm sure that if I know more about it, it might be something that would draw me to it. But, you know, did you have a partner? Did he turn you out? Or was it just something you saw? Yeah, and was like, hey, out. I want to try that. <laughs> you know, what what drew you to it? I think I've just like always been super explorative sexually. You know, um, I have always enjoyed nudity and um, and, you know, had I've had a varied sexual experience as far as um growing up in a in a different in a very different space than most people uh, I think the most black people grow up in mm. so I had I I've always been like curious and um now when you say a different space is that like you know in your household or like what what do you mean you know what I mean um, I mean, like in my mind, <laughs> like my head space was just very different about sex. From I'm the glad first. we clarified. Yeah, because I was sitting here like, so what did that look like? You know, because yeah, no, because give us a story. I didn't know. So I was, you know, I was homeschooled right um, when I was younger, uh, and I mentioned that, and so. What happened was uh, when we went to school, when I finally went to regular school, which wasn't, you know, I was, I think, third grade when I went to regular school. And when I got to regular school, um, I was younger than everybody else. Way younger, because they tested me and they put us up and, you know, they, all right, you go in this grade because you're doing, you read at this level and you're doing these numbers. That happened to me too. Yeah, they don't do that no more. Yeah, they don't do that anymore. And probably with some good reason, because I was fast as hell because of it. Because by the time I got to 
um, junior high school, you know, folks was having boyfriends and stuff, and we hadn't even had a talk about that kind of stuff at home yet. Right. There was not even a conversation about that, that kind of activity. So it was all like, <laughs> right, he went on, not yet. You know, you know how the black community go. We be like, nah, you ain't supposed to do that, so we ain't talking about it because ain't nothing to talk about. Right, ain't nothing to talk about. <laughs> and so, um, so that that went that didn't go well for for the parental unit um, <laughs> because here I am curious, and there's a dance coming up. You know, you ain't going to no damn dance, and I'm young and don't understand why I can't go to the dance. All my friends are going to, and now. We're in the locker room and folks are getting their periods and, and titties and stuff. And so I'm just curious. And it, that, you know, with that still childlike curiosity, mm-hmm. maybe really, really start trying to figure it out. So one of the things that I did was I went and um, there, <laughs> back in the day, you could order magazines from the back of Cosmopolitan Magazine. My mother had Cosmo. So I ordered the Encyclopedia of Sex with my, um, with my allowance. I went down to the post office, got a little money order. That's how long ago that was. Sent the money order in. Had to wait. <laughs> there was no, there's no internet to look and see. Right. Like, right. 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 Let me track the shipment. So I had to literally sit up every day come home, try and catch the mailman because if my mother got this book first, I was gonna get beat. <laughs> now, how and, old were you when this? How old? I was I was eleven. Uh, oh yeah, I'd beat your ass too. Right, I beat <laughs> my ass too. Hindsight yeah. being, well, I would have had the conversation already with my eleven year old. Now I could say that, but at the time I was like, so I got the book and I studied that book from cover to cover. My mother ended up finding it a couple years later, and she beat my ass then. Well, she didn't find it, but, um, but by then, by then I had already memorized everything in that book. So I, I, grew up, yeah. when I say I grew up in a different headspace. Like I had a different understanding of what sex looked like or what sex could be at a young age. So then that just set me on a path to be like, okay, well, when I get ready to do it, it's going to be on. Now I know. Now I know what they're doing. So dope. I'm going to be crazy. And, um, <laughs> And so for me, yes, moving into like when I started exploring with girls in high school, I already knew. I already knew what, you know, what what the clit was. I already studied and played with myself and done some studying. So when I was ready to turn the girl out, it was turning you out. I was ready. Um, It was a whole, you know what I'm saying? So it was a whole different thing. You know, I'm, you know, I'm co-signing the shit out of this. Right. But because we didn't have any sex talks at home either, there was no, I didn't have a whole lot of negative feeling around sex because right. my mother and my mother's mind, we're just not going to talk about it. Right, right. That's, so, but that's the most, that's mostly how it, <clears throat> oh shit, excuse me. That's mostly how, it's operate, how it operates in our community, in the African-American right. community, where it's like, don't ask, don't tell. We're not really talking about it. We're going to keep this under wraps and we're going to hope, or if we do talk about it, I'm about to scare the shit out of you. I'm going right. to make you feel like this is the most terrible thing to do. You know? Um, right. And it's so much behind it because it, it's some. It, sometimes it's the trauma your parents have um, encountered and, and, and lived through and they're trying to keep you from it. Or and the whole respect, respectability politics 
there's so much shit in our community around sex and sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I'm thankful I didn't grow up like that. Like my parents was like out there. They were like, look, we freaks. It's natural. You're going to be a freak too. So let's go ahead and talk about it. Um, you know, and that way you understand and you hear it from us and not your little dumbass friends don't know shit. Right. And see, my dad was like that, but my dad passed away when I was young. Like when, right around that, right around that encyclopedia of sex time was also the time I lost my father. So he that was his thing. He he ain't hold no punches. He ain't hide nothing. He liked Korean women and he wasn't afraid to show you all of them. Um, my dad, like, you know, he my dad bought my first box of tampons. My mom didn't or maxi pads and stuff. My mom didn't even she wasn't even ready to talk to me about it. And she is the one that has a period, right? right. My, father, my father was like, all right, baby doll, it's in the bathroom. When you get ready, Auntie Nail down the street, she already got the message. I was living with him at the time. Um, so, it, you know, it was like living between these two different worlds where one was like, yeah, the thing down there you don't even talk about. Like, I remember when I, when I first needed to get a bra, my mom's reaction was like, like breasts were the worst thing in the world that could have happened. I was so confused. <laughs> it was just like, you know, I couldn't wait to get some titties. As soon as she stomped, she was like, right. what the fuck? But, you know, you spoke to it because it was really her trauma and it was really her reliving her trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I learned that. I didn't even learn that until... Um, she was. She had to come to terms with my work. She had to come to terms with me and oh, sex work. Oh, that yeah. Oh, how, yeah. How did that go? Because hearing how conservative your mom is around sex and sexuality, um, and I'm I'm hoping that you guys eventually did have those talks. Like, hey, mom, fucking now. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. We never, we never had those talks. Really. We never had those talks. So that's why I had, you know, I got straight A's. I don't have to have those talks. Mm. Wow. As long as I got straight A's. And then I, I left home once I was, once I was a, once I realized I was a bona fide freak and didn't want to deal with any of these rules and my dad was gone, I just ran away. I had death benefits. So I was like, I'm going to take this death annuity check, go get me an apartment in another city. She'll never see me again. And that's what I did. And so we, we actually, I, me and my mother didn't have to talk until I was 40. Wow. And the way that we had the talk was, um, I asked her one day, I said, do you even like sex? Mm-hmm. And that's how we had to talk. <laughs> what did she say, though? What did she say? She said, I, I mean, you know, yeah. But it wasn't like, like you asked me, do I like sex? <laughs> It's going to be a, what I like to call in class a tantric, yes. Hell yeah, I like sex. Right. <laughs> she was unsure, had, and it was a hesitation before she could even answer it. And I think that it, it opened up a door for us to talk about it because um, then I learned a lot about her sexual experience growing up, what that looked like for her. My mother was gorgeous, um, and she was a singer. And being out trying to get, you know, she cut her first album being around record producers and being in grimy ass environments and what that looked like for her, what sex looked like for her in the 60s. Right. Wow. You know what I mean? Like that's a very, as a black, as a beautiful black woman in the 60s, out trying to make it as a musician 
I, I, it, she, of course, her trauma was going to spill over onto us. Yep. Right? Um, you know, a house full of, I have three beautiful sisters. So a house full of beautiful girls. She got not one, you know, so. Yeah, she was like, like nah, we not, we not repeating that. Right. Nah. And so that, that was what, that was, you know, what she did. And it's so funny because we are all so very different. You know, one sister I have, she's still a virgin. One sister I got, got seven kids. <laughs> right, yeah. It's all very, very different. That's Two. very polar. Wow. Right. That's, but that's life, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I mean, because I look at, and I, I tell people, it doesn't matter if you have the same parents and the parents are on the same wavelength you know, either conservative or, you know, ultra liberal or whatever. If you have about two, three, four kids or whatever, you're going to have different experiences mm -hmm. across the board. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how it happens. It, I mean, I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's, I guess being, you know, me and, and, you know, doing this whole counseling and therapy thing, I need to probably dive into that, but it's interesting how that works. You know, you can yeah. have the same parents, the same experience, but then your experiences as adults just splinter. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that's about. I'm going to I'm gonna have to dig and research on that. So but I want to know about your first experience with it. With Tantra. With Tantra, yes. gotcha. Okay, so my first experience with Tantra was I went to an event, and um, and it was... Um, the folks were from the Ipsalu Tantra community um, and it was uh, totally different than what I was expecting, right? Because What is that? <laughs> um, the Ipsalu, it's one of the, so there's these different, there's Kriya, there's these different like families, right, of, uh -huh. of Tantra. Like if, if Tantra was the, ba the like church and one would be like the AME and one would be like the Baptist, like it's all you. you know it's what I'm different, saying? Different than, different Traditions. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. Different lineage is what this comes from. So it's just following the lineage of, of different um, different tantric uh, leaders, respected. Like this is where this education came from. This is who they I studied under. This is who they studied under, and it just becomes one lineage, one tradition of tantra. Um, and so I get there, and I, you know, all everything I had read and learned about tantra was about like you know, sex and sexuality and sensuality and eroticism. And I get there and they're doing breath work. Mm. And I was like, hmm, well, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Not this is bullshit. <laughs> right. Like, what is really going on? Right. I, I mean, I did. I thought I was like, in my, you know, nose wide open young self thought I was about to walk into some kinky shit and I was in the kinky shit. So I was ready for like, you know, I was open. Maybe it's going to be an orgy. I don't know, but I'm wearing a pretty pennies just in case. Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get there and it's not, it's not an orgy. It's, it's meditation. It's breath. It's a potluck. People are being friendly and I was in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That just wasn't, you know, wasn't what I was expecting. Um which made me kind of look more into it. And then of course when I looked into it, I started studying more. I just read a little bit, then I started studying more. And then I naturally navigated towards all the sexy stuff. So 
I would, no matter what I did, no matter where I tried to look, I still was like, oh, well, this chapter, I'm paying attention to this chapter now, because now, now we're talking about what I want to talk about. And that's just how we are, right? We're going to navigate, we're going to find... What we're interested in. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like folks that talk the same Bible verse over and over again. That was so <laughs> different. Um, and eventually, I started going, to, I, you know, found the Source Tantra community. Um, and they are Maui, but there's a bunch of folks on, on Oahu that do, that, you know, consider themselves a part of that community. Um, and that is definitely more sex-based. And so then I was like, okay. So I, the Source Tantra, <laughs> so Source Tantra is more sensuality? Yeah, so that Source Tantra is um, more sexual and sensual based it, it's a it's a neo tantra right so um what that means in a nutshell is it's uh, a white american version of tantra so it's um some folks will say it's bastardized but what they've done is they've looked at um some of the parts of tantra and it still has meditation as a primary focus it's still um you know breath work as as a primary focus but there's definitely partner connection and it's still the idea is still to live this fully expanded life by exploring and 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 learning and connecting deeper and being you know at one with our own at one with our own sexual selves honoring our sexual center but it's definitely more sexually focused versus some of the other tantra that may be you know that that may be focused on, on all kind of other things but um but at the end of the day, Tantra is still a second chakra um, oriented practice. It's still a practice that's oriented from your sacral chakra, your, your sexual center, your pleasure center. Right. And even, and even um, Tantric Buddhism, I had a, I never forget, I had an intern in Hawaii um, and she started working with me and she, I was talking, she, you know, we got to chat and she, it's like, Oh my God! You 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 are into tantra too. My whole family is tantric Buddhist, and I was like, "Oh, word, dope!" Like, I hadn't really learned much about tantric Buddhism because I learned about it from a Taoist perspective, and it was a little bit different. It was a lot different, like right. totally different, right? So I'm like, "Dope, what?" She's like, "Yeah, we got a tantra Buddha temple right down the street from the office." I'm like, "Shut up! I want to go." <laughs> look it was not <laughs> again i'm like walking in looking my pretty panties on and we get in there and it's it's like real buddhism you know but the tantric philosophy is that you uh you know you you don't it's the easiest way she put it so beautifully i'm gonna try to paraphrase what she said but you let go of the idea that you can't that you have to restrict yourself from doing things because, because they, well, you know, because you can't, because temptation is going to kill you or like something along those lines. Like we have this idea in the West and it mostly comes from a Judeo-Christian. Yes. Right. That when we get something that's good or something starts to feel good, that we shouldn't have too much of it. Right. It's bad if you have too much of it. And so because of that, we have pleasure guilt. 
yes. in this country, not just in sex, but in everything. Right. You can somebody eat some piece of chocolate, they feel guilty for eating yeah. a fucking piece of chocolate. Like everything right. that feels good is guilt oriented. And there's so much shame around things that feel good. I just watched my boo demolish a plate, so he has none at all whatsoever. But for the rest of the rest of the world, like folks really feel like that, you know, mm-hmm. you don't move through it. Tantra, tantra in general changes that whole perspective, right? You're not only allowed to feel pleasure and to enjoy pleasure, but you're supposed to. And right. by doing it, by, 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 by living that experience, you are closer to the divine. You experience your your full divine, your your own divinity, because that is a part that that's how you see God, if you will, or that's how you see the divine, if you will. You know what I mean? And so it changes it changes how you see um, the world. It changes how you interact with other people. It changes how we as a community could interact with each other. Yo, that. That is so dope. Um, and it's crazy that you were talking about the pleasure guilt and how in the West it's taught about temptation and temptation over the, and that being a, uh, um, a negative concept. And I've always wondered in Tantra, are they teaching you that I guess with it is the balance of it all, the yin and yang, understanding the push and the pull of it, because I was sitting here talking to, and the reason I asked this, I was talking, we were, um, I was with my brother. We were watching um, the game at a bar. And so I'm talking to him. I'm talking to him about, you know, BDSM, kink, um, I'm poly, and I'm explaining to him, you know, this whole process. And he's sitting here looking dumbfounded, like just <laughs> what the fuck. And not, it's, it's funny because this is not like this is something new to him. He knows what it is. But I'm explaining to him, you know, my scenario, what's going on, just catching up, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so your wife, cool? Like, bro, like, you know this. Like, why do you keep acting brand new? So he's looking dumbfounded, completely dumbfounded. And our server comes up, and she, of course, she's like, okay, what's so funny? What's going on? And, you know, bless her little heart. She's a little 22-year-old, a little, little young tender. Um, I was like, you know what? You know, this is, I mean, I was explaining, I was like, this is probably something that you really don't want to know about. Um, you know, it might be a little bit too much. It, you know, you at work, whatever. And, of course, that just made it more curious. And right, so of I course. Started, of course. Um, and so, and she was like, no, 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 I, I, I can handle it. And I'm like, how old are you? And she was like, well, you know, I'm, how old do you think I am? And I was like, mm, you're probably about 21. And she was like, well, I'm 22. I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I probably need to not even go down this road with you. And um, and my brother's just egging on, like, like, please back away. This is, you don't want to hear about this. Like, back away. This is just making her more wants more. Make a long story short, we get to talking. And um, I'm explaining um, kink. And, you know, her only really reference point is Fifty Shades of Grey, which is horrible. But it is what it is. Um, I'm like, okay. And then I explained to her that I'm, I'm polyamorous and, you know, I have a wife. And she was like, why would you get married if you're going to go and do that? Like, that doesn't make any sense. 
and she was like, well, you know, I'm saving myself for marriage, and you know, and and, and such and such. And I was like, oh, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's great. I'm not here to knock what you're doing. I was like, don't don't knock what I'm doing. I was like, there's there's more than one way to do things. Um, and I asked her. I was like, you know, I understand you save yourself for marriage, but do you even masturbate? Have you ever masturbated? And she was like, no, why Why would I do that? I mean, I don't want to bring any temptation where, in my life. Where, we, where are y'all eating at? <laughs> <laughs> and one thing you'll understand about me and Mina, and this is one of the reasons I'm, I'm going into therapy, I'm going into counseling. I have these conversations just about every fucking way I go. Everywhere. He's not it, playing. Not lying. Like, it, it, I don't know what it is. And that's why I'm going into sexual therapy. Um, people just, we just end up talking about sex and sexuality, and especially in our community. So we're eating at a bar. I mean, it's just a, it's just a, one of our local bars um, here in the, um, the city. So, <laughs> she said, where are y'all? <laughs> I know, right? And, you know, I have, I'm not about to sit here. I don't sugarcoat. I don't hide. Like, even in my day job, they, they know not to ask trip certain things because I'm about to give it to them 100% transparent, raw. Like, like we, you don't want to go there with me. Um, right. So... She was like, nah, like, I, I don't want to open myself up to temptation and, you know, it's certain things. And, and I was like, bruh, like, okay, I'm uh, help me understand something. Like, how is it that you're going to get with somebody, you're going to marry them, and you're going to expect sex to then seal the deal, and you don't even know about your own body. You don't know what pleases you but you're going to want somebody to know how to please you. I think that doesn't make sense to me. It, it doesn't, but people do it all the time. I asked you that where you were because to me, like, you know, I was, I was Muslim, right? So mm-hmm. um, for me, like I have a lot of friends like that, <laughs> that <laughs> save themselves. And, um, and even I, when I got married, I didn't have sex with my ex-husbands before we got married. Um, I hadn't saved myself, but I had already been a modified freak and then just simmered down for a little while. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but so I just, for me, this is just my simple mindset. And I'm thinking, why would you be in a bar serving people? Like I just, that would be a job I would never want if I was saving myself. But I forget that, you know, cause in Islam, you wouldn't, you would definitely wouldn't be pouring alcohol if you believed you should save yourself from marriage. Like, right. That, that's the thing. She was like, she's saving herself from marriage and she's, she doesn't drink. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is temptation all around, but that's interesting. Masturbation. It's interesting, um, but uh, and this is not to victim blame, so I'm, I'm, I'm prefacing what I'm going to say with that. This is not me victim blaming. This is just some real recognition that I, that I think people need to come to terms with is um, you know, we have a very, we have a varied community of folks mm-hmm. and we have a, we have been socialized to believe in this um, thing called virginity, which doesn't exist, but people believe in it. Right. And so there's a, there's a premium that's put on the female virgin. Um, and everybody wants one, virgins and hoes alike. And right. so what, what happens is um, women who, who do this to save themselves, to save this precious package that, um, that religion has told them is, is invaluable. 
Mm-hmm. It's all it's all it's all you're really worth, really, as a young right. woman. It's the only thing of value that you have. Right. So when you go through life with that as a construct and and men see that and they know that and they 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 continue to place value on it. And so you save yourself and so often I I worked as an HIV counselor. So often I would see young women who had not been with other men. Wow. And they and they were coming in to get to get um you know to go through to get tested um because they were being cheated on and and um or they were going through you know this is obviously not all I'm not saying this is what happens to everybody I'm just saying right. that this mm-hmm. the, the whole the concept is so fucked up mm-hmm. that people don't uh, people don't realize what they're building that up to right because right. on the one side we have everybody wants um, some of that Jill Scott head, but on the <laughs> other side, but on the flip side, you also want a woman that hasn't been, right, God bless Jill Scott, but on the flip side, you also want a woman who hasn't been quote unquote run through. So you want somehow for her to have figured out how to, <laughs> how to give, give you, the great fellatio, <laughs> how to give you porn star sex, yes, right, without having had done anything. Right. And and then since you've come from somewhere where you've actually probably paid for sex with a porn star or experienced, you know, all kind of things, and then you get you get the virgin that you have been coveting, the one that you said was worth so many things, and she's not that into sex because you don't know how to please her. The porn star knew how to please herself and that's why she was getting off with your sorry ass. Um, and right. now, now you have this woman who's not turned on, not aroused, not even in all that interested in having sex outside of procreation, because that's the only value she's ever placed on it. You know how dangerous that is for her. That the right. only time that now you can come, she wants to have unprotected sex with you so that she can procreate. And she's trusting that you are getting your, that you, that that's all you need. It's just that little bit. And because communication is at a standstill in our community, you're not able to tell her that you need more than, than what she offers you. There's no conversations about that being had. Mm-hmm. So you go out and sneak and you're not yes. getting condoms because you can't have condoms be found on your person. Exactly. Like it's yeah. just such a crazy cycle that right. has nothing to do with Tantra. This is just me and my old life on my old soapbox. I'm going to step down from it, but um, but that no, 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 because even though it's, I mean, I know you're saying it's your old soapbox, I think, and I, I'm, I'm hoping you can help us connect those dots. I'm thinking Tantra can help mend some of those, um, those wounds in the community and bridge some of those gaps to keep some of this from happening. Oh, absolutely. Um, so one of the things about neo-tantra and the neo-tantra movement, um, not just neo-tantra, but also like somatic therapy and all of these um, like advances in sexological body work um, and, and kind of like sacred sexuality, if you will, were coming to light in America during the height of the AIDS crisis. Mm. Um, and the reason why was because you had these people who were who did not have shame around their sex, they were, or maybe they had some shame, but they were still practicing um, and enjoying a pleasure-filled sexual 
life experience that was all of a sudden brought to a screeching halt by the virus. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. through that, what happened next was um, some, some women came forward um, and, and started teaching ways for them to connect outside of intercourse. How does it feel? Because to all of a sudden, to all of a sudden have touch totally taken away. Remember, I mean, I, we, I, I, you, you guys are older, you guys are older like me. Uh, We remember when, you know, you, if you had HIV, nobody wanted to touch you. Nobody wants to. You were like a leper. Exactly. That's exactly what Don't touch me. I'm going to get it. Yeah. You couldn't look at them. You couldn't hug them. Yeah. Anything. So to go from a space where, you know, you were having love and, and orgies and all this wonderful time and everybody was lovey-dovey and then all of a sudden, boom, don't touch anybody. We don't know how it's being transfer- transmitted. Or we still know, but we don't trust that that's really how, so just don't touch, oh my God, all this fear, 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 fear. And it, may, it changed it, the community overnight. And so there, and, and that, you know, that's, that's depressing. The absence yeah. of touch is depressing. The, with, the touch withdrawal, um, all, of these, all of these things that your body is going to go through, um, the shame, the guilt, survivor's guilt, all, all, so many things happening, and then and you're supposed to still thrive and be a human. And so um, these methods were introduced then because of that. Like, look, this is, we can still be connected. Let's look at other ways in which we connect. Let's look at other ways in which we can have orgasm. Let's look at other ways in which we can bring each other to bliss without having to put ourselves at risk until we figure this shit out. So how and, do you, so with Tandra, how do you or how do you have orgasm without touch? Oh my god, there's so many ways. <laughs> so I would need a whole nother show. Um <laughs> So, um, which is very doable. <laughs> we got so, you. Okay, good. So, um, orgasm, not to be confused, trip with ejaculation, right? And I say that Absolutely. to for the women, we all will, of course, we orgasm, and then maybe one day we get it, we ejaculate. We're like, holy shit, what was that? <laughs> for men, they or they you ejaculate and then if you ever have an orgasm usually you're like holy shit what was that yep. and, and so um to learn to orgasm is an exercise all in of itself for for both genders for all genders i won't say both genders excuse me for all genders um so to just be able to experience what it you feels like about to, that, Kiki. <laughs> just to be able to experience <laughs> what it yeah. feels like to to orgasm um is just teaching that is is in and of itself a pretty big deal um and it's a lot you know you can have orgasm from breathing mm-hmm. learning how to breathe and manipulate breath in your body learn how to manipulate your energy i've had the sun give me an orgasm Learning how to breathe while the sun is on my skin and the intensity, the, the, the heat of the high noon sun brings to the naked body. But well, we don't get to experience that because we have to wear clothes all day in this country. You know what? Um, we had another guest and she said the same thing. Yep. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Indeed. That's, that's, that's amazing that you're so in tune 
with your body and and the energy around you that you can you can allow yourself um, to experience pleasure and mentally go there because it's all in the brain. You know, that's that's where it starts. And so if you can let go of those inhibitions and allow yourself to go there and and I'm guessing this is how you this is what you're teaching. Um mm-hmm. that's see that's dope. That's that's phenomenal. And see, I don't I don't know if you've looked. So in my classes I always say like I teach culturally competent tantra. So um like my class this week was on face sitting. Um, and I had somebody post this ain't tantra. That's a cool that's a cool class, but that ain't that ain't tantra. Oh. To, to you, like the meme says, to you. Wow. Right. Because tantra is the exploration, is the weaving, right? That's what the word means. So we're we're weaving in what we know. We bring that into a practice so that we can establish trust and communication and connection. And so if, if people are sitting on faces or want their faces sat upon or want to sit on some face, then how do we do this in a way where trust is established? And how do we do this in a way in which we connect and listen to our partners and build and grow together and explore? How do we do that? That is Tantra. There's no two ways about it. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. I know I have, I had, um, you know, I had a, a variety of, events and and um well i'd have my workshop every tuesday and people would look at the names and they'd be like what the fuck does that have to do with tantra come and see come see right 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 we started meditation you came for face sitting but boom guess what here's 15 minutes of meditation first in case mm-hmm. sometimes none of us have meditated all we've been thinking about is sitting on faces Right. And, and and Lauren Lauren Hill said it best. Lauren Hill said it best. She said, even after all the logic and the theory, I added motherfuckers. Yep. And and that's and it's you know not to say somebody's ignorant or not, but just we are ignorant to bliss. We are ignorant to learning about sexual exploration, um, and 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 a higher vibration of sex. So mm-hmm. for me, being able to have a class on how to give better head. I don't need a grapefruit. I need you to learn how to look your partner in the eye and ask what they need, ask what they want. Wow. You better, and, you better talk that. I mean, you better. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, I, I felt that. I really did. Mm-hmm. I felt that. I, I heard you feel it. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's amazing. And I'm glad, you know, we have you. And yeah, we're definitely going to have to have you back. Um, but it's amazing because these things are so interconnected and I, I'm a big proponent of there's more things connected in, in life than there are dis, disconnect. And a lot of times we, we get so focused on these rigid boxes and lines we like to draw yeah. and, and little categories we want to put things in and they do it with Tantra. They do it with, you know, sex, they do it with communication. They do I mean, you know, nationalities, race, whatever. We want to draw these neat little pretty boxes to put little things in to make us feel comfortable and safe. And so often you need to let go of those things and just be and just understand that all these things are connected. We we have way more connections to each other than we don't. And those are the things we need to start embracing. We need to see how all of this stuff um 
you know, plays into one another, how mm-hmm. all of these, you know, spiritualities play into one another. When, you know, not not to get on my soapbox, because I can get on my soapbox sometimes. So, you know, let me make sure I calm myself <laughs> down. Um, but, you know, like spiritual systems. When we sit here and look at the major spiritual systems that predominantly make up um, the population, whether it's Buddhists, um, Islam, Christianity, and Judaism. There's so many similarities in each one of those major um, spiritual systems. Mm-hmm. Yet we so we get so focused on those minor differences, and we want to nitpick about those minor differences. And I heard you pretty much explain that with tantra. You know, people want to be like, ah, you know, that that's cool, but that ain't what that is, dude, or 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 sis, like like chill, mm-hmm. open your mind up and just explore. Allow yourself mm-hmm. to explore and connect. Right. Or or also, I think, and this is you know, we live in a very like. I mean, we found each other on social media, right? And so social media gives you a snapshot of of things. And and for me, social media, I'm on there for work. Mm -hmm. I'm on social media because I can, the way, because Hot 107 ain't going to let me put my ad on there. Um, (laughs) So it's my way to reach clients and reach, reach customers. And I think folks get like, you know, so caught up in, in what they think social is for them. And what that must be for other people. So also what the, you know, folks are very quick to be like, well, well, I think you're wrong. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think, I think you're wrong. You, instead of like asking questions, we don't do that on social media. Like, Hey, what do you, I never heard this before. I've, I've been looking at Tantra. I've heard it explained like this. You seem like you have something else. What does this mean? What are you, what are you getting this from? Like, instead of asking when having a conversation, it's a lot of, you know, and I see, I see it all the time. I just delete the comments. I just be like, I'm not, I'm not here for that buddy wrong page. Um, and, but, but I get it all the time where folks are like, they want to, they, they just want to challenge. Like people want to argue and they want to challenge folks. And, and I'm sure there are people out there that they can go and do that with. I'm just not one of them, but I do know that there's this feeling of, of um, like, almost like you owe me uh you owe me an argument <laughs> on social media where like so so folks are like they're they're so they're, they're so entitled to your argument like they they want your argument and and so they they may not they be so misinformed and it's so interesting to me because um we only really do it to each other you know, McDonald's has a social media account and they're not selling real meat, but don't nobody go over there arguing with them about their burgers. Hmm. <laughs> That's right. You know what I'm saying? You got all these places that are selling food that ain't real food. And you want to argue with somebody, why don't you go argue with them? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you, coming, you coming to, I see it on the pages for people that are that are, um, you know, studying witchcraft or Ifa or voodoo, and folks are like, oh, is, this is trendy now. Man, go to Blason's page. He got a whole page on Christianity. Go to Creflo Dollar. There's a whole bunch of them. Right. Mm-hmm. There's, there's all these pages, and they're all doing, the, the Christianity's been trending for 2,000 years. Yep. I'm, I'm okay with, with spirituality, with sacred sex trending. Don't, I'm not here to argue with you. Exactly. Go argue with the rest of them. And I think that's really what it is more than 
Like, yeah, I know that they, you know, he, people think they saw something and they may not believe that my tantra is, is what they think tantra is. But I know that this is not the only example of them not seeing something that they don't believe aligns with their focus. My thing is they're only, they, they, they can't possibly have the time to argue with all of them, right? So they're picking, they're picking their, their sisters and brothers to argue with. Hmm. They're picking other people of color and tearing them down instead of going, look, there's some people that you go go on Kemp's page, go on, you know, um, your president's page. So anybody, get out of here. Right. You have so many things if you have that kind of energy. Keep that energy. Keep it. But go over there. (laughs) (laughs) Go that way. (laughs) Go that way. (laughs) So, all right. So we've gotten, you know, um, kind of a brief understanding of Tantra and, and we have, I know you're doing, you know, different classes. Um, where should one start if they want to go ahead and, and I guess journey into the world of Tantra? Um, there's a couple places they can start. If you broke as fuck, you can start at the library. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm I'm here all the time. This is my full time gig. I ain't going nowhere. So go to the library and change things and you won't even be broke anymore because your creative energy, your creative center is where your money comes from. Mm-hmm. But go unblock that chakra. But start by reading. Turn off the television, turn off the trap. Get yourself to a space where you can enjoy the peace and quiet of your own mind. And start reading again. Sit in meditation. It's not a whole lot of work. I'm here to guide you. I'm here to help you. I can hear. I can touch you. I can teach you. I can guide you. But all of that's going to cost. Because I've spent my whole, you know, the better part of the last um, 10 years just working this. Right. Before that, studying and learning and playing around with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so but you don't have to come to me you don't have to go you don't have to come right to me you can do it on your own like i did it i didn't have anybody you know this was me just popping in i have a class every tuesday it's 25 dollars. but if somebody hits me up and was like i really want to come i'll put them to work they can come i got all kind of boxes to move yoga mats to clean you can come to my class so it's not about the money thing right Cause I get my money from my clients on a day-to-day basis. Folks that come in and see me to spend hours with me while I heal them. That's different. But to get started on the path, to get started on the learning path, you don't even, you don't, you, yes, get a teacher when you can, but don't let cost be. Yeah. And I, I really can't reiterate that enough for us. Because these classes that other folks are teaching are ten thousand dollars, fifteen thousand dollars to wow. learn how to listen. <laughs> wow. People will argue with me about me doing what I'm doing. I, I'm I'm doing it for almost free. Yeah. If that's the yeah. if that's what you're saying, well, people can pay. Yeah. 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 I mean, I know I was looking at um I can't remember. I think they're I don't know where they are um located out of. But I was looking at some um, different places that are, I guess, certified 
and they're certified with um, AMP because I'm going for marriage and family therapy. They're certified with um, ASECT as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I'll I was like, oh, that may be ASECT in a bit. Don't worry. I'll be certified with ASECT. I'm working on that right now. Oh, that's it. See, you ain't said nothing but a word because you know I'm trying to stick with you know, my folks. So, um, yeah. but, so, but that's yeah. the thing paying for that accreditation is, is costly. And uh, yeah, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. And but that doesn't, but you don't need to have the accreditation because I'm going to tell you right now, I got my bachelor's degree from the University of Illinois. I know that the accrediting agency that gave University of Illinois the right to administer bachelor's, master's, and doctorate degrees, uh, the Western College of blah, 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 that, that accreditation is solid. I show up to any job and show them my degree and I'm good. Let me tell you how far that accreditation is going to get you. Outside of ASECT, which is only mildly recognized, even in the counseling world. Right, yep. It is not really recognized in the counseling world. And I'm not knocking, I thought, no, speak long, the truth. Listen. I long and hard about going back to get my master's because I know that people want the comma after my name. Right. You know what I mean? And I do realize that I could build insurance and I could do this, but then I can't give you, I can't massage your dick. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's real. That's no, real. You know, just decisions and choices. <laughs> no. I ain't got to build your insurance if I'm going to give you a pussy massage. If I'm going to work to, un- to release some trauma from your yoni, there's no accreditation that's going to stand by me in that. In this exactly. Country. So I quit it all. I said, no, I'm not paying $15,000 to you. I'm not paying $10,000 to you. I'm going to study all the same books you study. Your, stu- your education, all this comes from the East. I'm going to go East. I'll go to India. I'll go to Thailand. I'll go study under Montag. I'll do it myself. Mm-hmm. Because what matters to me is, first of all, I'm decolonizing the way in which I practice. Absolutely. Right. And it's not to say we don't still need you, Trip. Get the paper. No, no, no. I, yeah. Listen, this saying? is not a shot at me. I, 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 keep speaking, boo. Keep speaking. Do you but we need, you know, we, for, I remember a time when acupuncture wasn't real in America. Mm-hmm. I was growing up in that era where mm-hmm. when you were an acupuncturist, it didn't count for shit. And now that they have said, and I'm talking about them with the raisins and the potato salad, have said that this is <laughs> <laughs> now now your insurance can cover it and now no one else can afford it right yeah it's now, so mainstream now yeah. now so now most black people can't afford back in the day you can go to the chinese dude on the corner <laughs> of Chinatown yep. and get all your chinese herbs and acupuncture for mm-hmm. 50 dollars. i did it all the time yep Facts. now in order for me to get acupuncture because they got to pay licensing fees yes now it costs hundreds. It's almost like a concierge type of uh, service. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Crazy. So now, yeah. so yeah, I don't want them to believe in this. I want them to keep, no, keep me out of your stream. Keep me out of the mainstream. Call me a hoe. Yep. Dirty, dirty, dirty. Keep it in your, because that, that, otherwise, then nobody gets, I work in Bankhead. My office is right in the heart of the hood. Mm-hmm. People come over here from, I have folks pull up 
And I have folks get off the bus to come see me. I have folks that pull up in Maseratis and Teslas to come see me. Yep. Wow. I don't want I don't want to change that. That's what's up. Yeah. And and yeah, it's it's interesting because I mean I know I've had those um internal thought processes and you're sitting here trying to figure out, you know, I to do this work, you know, just specifically therapy, you know, I have to get this piece of paper, even though I know I can help heal people without this piece of paper. And it is, yeah, it's definitely one of those. Hmm. Right. Yeah. It's 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 a they put us <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a predicament. It's a predicament. Yeah. But yeah. I say it's, I, that was a long way to say folks can come see me no matter how much money they got. Um, but they can start with with self study, and I encourage people to start with self study because a lot of times you'll get to me, and if you're not coming to one of my Tuesday classes, the rest is quite overwhelming. I mean, my my ten week class. I give you a 400-page book that I wrote, that I put together. So you're going from that when you come to sit in my 10-week certification class. It's, it's, it's 400 pages of, of my crazy brain and, some, and the, you know, um, the gathering of information uh, from other folks. But it's, it's a lot. And that's just, that's just that part. We spend four hours together. The first hour is Tai Chi and breath. So right. it's 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 intense to come study with me. Um, everybody ain't ready for that, isn't it? You know, I I ask when people say, "Oh yeah, I want to do this." And like, where are you at currently in your meditation practice? What do you know about yoga? What do you know about tai chi? What do you know about energy movement? Have you done any sex work? How do you feel about touching strangers' genitals? Like, there's a lot to think about. <laughs> right, right. Um, before before you come study with me, so. Um, but they, uh, they can come to my classes. They can book one-on-ones. I do consultations. Um, no, I, I do Zoom sessions for people all over the world. Um, it's, it just depends on what their goals are. Um, I do private. I had, you know, a group of couples that had me out. That was just, you know, a couple, uh, some couples got together and decided that they wanted to bring me out instead of coming to one of my events. They wanted to be more private and intimate. It, it depends on where you're at, what kind of time you have, um, and and what's it worth to you. But there's there's all kind of ways to access it. And Excellent. So, Amina, go ahead and let the people know um, how they can access or get in contact with you. What's the best way to get in contact with you? Um, you know, let them know your website, Instagram. Let them know all the particulars so that way they can reach out and – and get more information from you and how you can help them, you know, because there's a lot of people that needs the healing. Okay. Yeah, for sure. The best way to get in touch with me is to go directly to my website, www.atl, like the airport code, tantra, T-A-N-T-R-A.com. That's the best way. Sign up for my mailing list there. Um, And I say that's the best way because of this. I, you know, Instagram, I'm on my second Instagram account. They took my account down. Um, they said it was because of um, profane language or images, but I don't use, I don't ever, sexually explicit language or, or images. I don't put nudes up. So I knew it was the language, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
which is some bullshit, but it's because I'm, it's, it's considered sex work, you know? And yep. so I can, I can direct you to my Instagram. It's ATL Tantra, but that could be down tomorrow. And that's the reality. And, um, my folks that are on my mailing list, they, they keep access to me and my events. Um, I'm on Facebook at Atlanta Tantra. So Facebook forward slash Atlanta Tantra. Um, or they can also find me, Amina Peterson, on LinkedIn, Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, Facebook. I'm, 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 I'm the same person I am that I, you know, folks that look for me from college and high school will still find me the same way you'll find me. I put mm-hmm. my first first and last name in Google and you will see me pop up. You'll see my marathon times from the 2,500 marathon all the way till today. <laughs> I've, been the same, I've been the same one, boo. I've been here since the internet started. So, <laughs> so um, anybody look at, if I commit a crime, they're going to find me. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but yeah, so that's the best way. And if people have questions, I mean, you can always, um, you know, slide in my DMs. Please, no more dick pics this year. Be respectful. <laughs> if you're going to slide in her DMs, please be respectful. Like, especially mm-hmm. if you're coming from this show. If, if you come right. from our show, don't, don't do anything. Don't do no disrespectful shit. Like, for real. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to find you. I'm going I'm to beat you myself. I'm going I'm to I'm tag you in them. So I'm like, you came from Trip Show, didn't you? But <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. But yeah, I mean, if you have a question, but my website is so informative. It will lead you down a beautifully, a beautifully dimly lit tunnel of sacred sex. So you can go and follow the links. You could spend a whole day just following the links from my website. There's a blog up on there. You can read, learn about, you know, squirting and I try to keep it fun and light and there's everything is there right it's it's um it's what I used to do for other companies so I do it well for myself it's it's really well it's really well spelled out it's pretty informative um all my events are listed there classes workshops one-on-ones uh we leave next week I'm taking a group of students to Cuba I go in another uh, in April we are taking a group to Costa Rica um there's you know these groups yeah, so so go and sign up and get in, get in the classes, learn, figure out what you, what works, and 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 just pay attention and and say hi because, um, I'm doing a lot of this because I be- I really believe that this is what we need in our community oh, to right. start healing us. Right. I'm definitely gonna check it out, but I do want to thank you, Amina, for joining us, sharing your wisdom, and you know just kind of giving us some inspiration to try something new if we've never tried it before and look into, you know, doing some things a little differently, being a little more free. So I appreciate it. You're a dope yeah. sister. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks. Super dope. Yeah, that's why I had to have you on. Because um, like I said, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and sign up for this mailing list. And uh, uh, we, we gonna, we're going to talk. Because okay, sounds good. I need to go ahead and make some more. Yeah. Oh, and then tell everybody, you guys all tune into the Fix Your Sex podcast. It's available on iTunes and Google Play. It's my, What's, um, the, what's the podcast? It's called the Fix Your Sex podcast. I just want to make sure people heard you clearly. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, Fix Your Sex podcast. So, and you said it's on Google Play and iTunes? Yeah, and it's on a bunch of other places, but those are, I think, the those two that we Yeah. All right. So... Check her out on the podcast. Check her out. Check the website out. Um, please hit her up with questions. 
And if you have any questions that you would like for us to ask when we bring her back, you know, email us, leslieslibido at gmail.com. Um, or if you have any questions for myself, Kiki, and for Trip, you know, we do answer um, our listeners' uh, emails. So if you have something you want us to answer on one of our podcasts, hit us up. Yeah, definitely hit us up. Um, but again, thank you, Queen. We, uh, Gosh, we definitely appreciate it. It was so much information. And I feel like we barely even scratched the surface. We, right. Um, and we definitely have to have you back, Amina, because, you know, I really want to get into the real meat of, you know, just what it is, you know, how it works. How, what's, what does a session look like, you know, between a couple? And I mean, it's just so much more. It's so much more. Okay. Well, yeah, I love to be back. Just keep me posted. Awesome. So okay. um, this has been another episode of Less Lies and Libido. This is your, your homie trip and my co-host. It's your girl Kiki. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to look for us on Instagram, lust underscore lies underscore libido. Check us out there. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you the next time. All right. Peace, love, and, and happiness. Bye. This has been another episode of Lust, Lies, and Libido. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to listen on your favorite podcasting platforms. We can be found on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Also, any other podcasting platforms that you can think of. We're on all of them. Be sure to subscribe and rate us. Subscribers receive auto notifications when new episodes are published. Thanks again, and as always, we wish you love, light, peace, and blessings. This has been another episode of Lust, Lies, and Libido. Thank you for joining us. Be sure-